Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, your number one Detective Conan Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is Colleen. And today it's another one episode affair as we're covering episode 180, The Nocturne of Red Murderous Intent. What a name. This originally aired February 14th, 2000, a lovely Valentine's Day episode of Detective Conan Colleen. Wow, that's kind of ironic. I mean, there are a lot of romantic love themes going on, but... Uh... Is it is it romantic, <laughs> or is it, like, weird stalker shit? Uh, okay, there, there's that, too, but I, I guess in the backstory, it's supposed to be romantic. Hmm. So, Ken introduces the episode, he says, A guest from France... The investigation upon the piano calls on a murder. <laughs> okay. The episode begins with Kogoro meeting with Yoshinori Kana of the Kana Amusement Group. He says that they're holding a party for the mysterious French composer Jalal Tenma. Kana says that since the date of the party was set, there have been eerie incidents around his wife, Masaki. Phone calls with no response. Unknown senders giving her bouquets of flowers. In letters, I said. The one who doesn't recognize my love shall fall into the depth of hell. And the curtain of revenge shall soon open. Enjoy the party of horror to the highest extent. (laughs) I was just thinking, like, maybe this was intended for all those people who... Are like alone on Valentine's Day, hate Valentine's Day, and this is like the type of love letter that they would compose. The party's in three days, and Kana says only four peoples have four people have been invited. Three days later, Kogar and the kids travel to the party. So I guess now seven people are invited. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty intimate affair. Kogar can't even blend in or anything. Well, it's not Kogar, he's now Morita. Like, way to go and pick a name that's odd, very similar to your actual uh, name. Oh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Kogro Morita. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Shinichi came up with Conan as his pseudonym. Ron recites the lyrics to Tenma's Nocturne of Red Love, which goes, You left me, but I still can't forget about you. I am watching you, filling your voice that leads me to happiness. Conan looks at the rest of the lyrics that say, I shall send you one flower each day. A red rose, a marigold, a roberia, a doria. In this love song, you are mine forever. Is this romantic or creepy, Colleen? Um, the words themselves are romantic, but it's like, in the context, it's creepy, I guess, is my answer. Conan wonders what's so great about a guy that sings something like this and hands it back to Ron, who's just giddy with excitement. Kegra says they're posing as the owner's friends and part of the Marita family. I can't let them know I'm a skilled detective, Kegra says. <laughs> and you just know, he's just setting up Conan here, and Conan says, You don't look like one, so don't worry about it. <laughs> and then we get the... Uh, the punch scene that we've seen a million times before and it's still funny classic it it works every time i I can't get enough of it 
this child abuse, it works every time. I just can't get enough of it. Colleen. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Colleen, 2021. They drive to the entrance, and Kegger remarks how amazing the house is. This place looks like a castle in a horror movie, says Ron. They knock on the door, and lightning strikes in the sky. A woman named Masayo Tokudaji then opens the door in a black dress, and Kegger is like kind of scared for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> and uh, she welcomes them inside. Koguro doesn't like intimidating women. I think that's it. Well, he he married the most intimidating one. Do you think he just got a bad taste left in his mouth? Oh, maybe. Or did she turn intimidating because she had to compensate for whatever Koguro's behavior is called? Kana welcomes them and says that Masayo is his apprentice. They walk into the party area, and Kana says his wife put together the room. He says, everything's my wife's hobby. <laughs> like, okay, everything. <laughs> she must be very busy. Kegger asks to see the house, and his wife, Masaki, offers to show them. Kana says that she's the president of his company for music marketing. As she leaves, she tells Masayo to start preparing the kitchen, and Masayo tells Kana... Madame seems to dislike me. What'd you think? Was uh, Messiah and Kana fucking? Oh, I didn't think that, but um. Well, they, they I, tease I an guess affair. That's one option. <laughs> um, I just felt that Messiah was there to maybe a little bit of a red herring, like we were supposed to dislike her. Or a red herring, her. or maybe a red nocturne? Huh? Oh, <laughs> I see what yeah. you did there. Um, so I I did, I wasn't buying any of it. I'm like, okay, Masayo's just mistakenly, or like, I guess we we should interpret her one way. But I thought it was just like that interpretation wasn't forced upon us. So, so you think Kana's I, a faithful husband? Uh, yeah. Uh. At this point, I did, and then later on, in I think it was this episode, maybe, or maybe it was, no, it might have been second part, I can't remember. There was a, a shift in his uh, demeanor that made me think, okay, there's something up with this guy, but I didn't think that he was having like an affair with uh, Masayo. Misaki shows them the foyer and the piano room. Kegger is wowed by the chandelier inside, and Conan notices a suit of armor on the second floor. Misaki says that while it's a fake, the material and the way it was made is all the same. And Conan's like, wouldn't that mean it's real? Brilliant observation. She then shows them her room, and Kegger notices a wedding photo. She says they got married ten years ago on this day at Mount Fu- at Mount Fiji. Kana then enters and says that they were in the same music circle during university, and that they got married after a one-year break. The fan then starts the ring, and Misaki answers it. She gets hung up on, and Kegger answers the second time, but he also gets hung up on. These damn telemarketers calling. <laughs> That's That must be it. Misaki says sometimes it's a sly voice of a man that flirts to her by saying, Manami, or lover. Do you know what Manami means? No. Me neither. Oh. <laughs> I uh, thought you had maybe it's, uh, <laughs> maybe, oh, 
Oh, you know what? I think they fucked up the, uh, no, I think they fucked up the, uh, subtitles for this fan translation. I think they meant mon ami, like in French, which is my friend. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yes. That makes much more sense because they had it as one word. And I, I, I just thought it was like Japanese, but no, they mean Mon Ami. <laughs> they should have done Mon Amour then, but whatever, okay. Mon Ami. However, if Kana answers the phone, the man just hangs up. She's also been sent photographs of herself while she wasn't aware, plus some marigold flowers are found in the front. I feel like I'm always being watched and I'm terrified, she says. Koguro... He promises to protect her, and then Masayo arrives and says that the guests are here. His brother, Hideki Kana, has arrived with Michelle Anglade. Anglade. What should we say, Colleen? Um, what, whichever one you want. The first one had some flair to it. Yeah, but I also think it's wrong. I don't know. What, 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 which do you think is <laughs> correct? And. Anglade? I mean, he's, Anglade? You, you know more French than me. Um, I'm not familiar with that surname, so I don't know how to pronounce it. Alright, so he's arrived with Michelle Anglade, who is Tenma's manager. Anglade! Says Tenma will be 30 <laughs> minutes late, and that in the Marita family are introduced... Hideki pulls his brother aside to talk about something, and of course Conan follows him the eavesdrop. Hideki's angry that outsiders were brought in, and he says that closing the deal is most important. And Kana says, You went to France all by yourself and brought Tinma here without my permission. They start arguing, and Hideki says this is for the company. And Kana says, Indeed, if you don't succeed, you can't show your good side to Masaki. I heard you've been sweet-talking to her. So he thinks his brother's trying to sleep with his wife. And Hideki then says, What's going on with you, Masayo? It's a rumor throughout the entire company. So apparently there's just a big love, like, (laughs) hexagon or, I don't know, octagon uh, between all these people. And they're all just having one giant orgy. Lots of love for Valentine's Day. Except everybody's hating on each other. All the brothers, at least. Hideki and Anglad decide to wait for Tenma at the front, but Hideki goes to the bathroom first. Masaki asks Masayo to get to the to get the next course of dinner, and then goes to fix her makeup. More lightning strikes outside, so you know it's going to be an ominous thing. And Kegaro just starts drinking some alcohol. Karen wonders if it's okay to leave Misaki alone, so Kogo's like, uh, Ron, you go check on her. And then, uh, the lights go off, so Ron did not get the chance to check on her. No. Too late. Before we find out what happens after the lights, uh, turn off, Colleen, uh, Misaki's wearing a very nice, uh, blue dress, and then Masayo's wearing this black dress. Let's get your fashion corner. Who, who wore it better? Oh, um, Misaki's dress seemed a little dated to me. Um, well, this was like, 2000. Was... Well, I'm Did talking you mean like, even for that, even older than that. I don't know. I was getting like gone with the wind she... vibes from it for some reason. 
It was very um, princessy to me. Okay, yeah. See, that's a nice way of looking at it. Um, and I, I like. Well, I'm not a hater like you. What's blue. I want to know? I want to know the Colleen way of looking at it. The hater way. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's it. I I just have hater. Uh, let's see, hater tinted glasses instead of rose colored glasses. But anyways, um, what's the other girl's name? Uh, Masayo. Um, Masayo. She was like. I don't know. It was a bit. It was definitely more edgy than Masaki's dress. Um, I can't remember if it was if she had like a low cut back, or if it was just like she just had. Uh, she was just showing her arms, and yeah, I mean, it with her black hair, like it was very one toned. It was fine. And didn't really give much of a sense of her being ever happy about anything but uh it worked for her it worked for her brand what's her brand being miserable being miserable uh, i thought that was my brand i mean sort of like quasi goth maybe i don't know sorry i'm probably i have like no for, to all our goth listeners just disregard what i was saying I don't know anything about um, that fashion or that uh, culture. All right. So apology to the goths to in the latest Colleen fashion corner. <laughs> you never know where it's going to go. I don't have these scripted. This is just right off the top of my head and it usually doesn't turn out very well. So there you go. <laughs> So they hear a scream on the second floor, and then she screams, Help me! The door is locked, so Rong kicks it, and it flies back. They see a man holding Masaki. She gets thrown to the floor, and the man runs off. Kagura looks beyond the balcony, but there's only a cliff, and Conan wonders where he ran off to, and the lights turn back on. So as soon as I saw this man's face, I remembered... Uh, like the twist, one of the twists of the case. I don't know everything, but I remembered one of the key things. And it's, I can't like act like I figured it out because it was totally, oh, I've seen this episode before and I just remember what happened. So I can't take mm-hmm. any credit for it and I don't even want to bring it up because it feels like an unearned, <laughs> like <laughs> if I had figured it out myself, I'd be like, ha, ah! but like this was totally just my memory working for once. Um, did you remember much of this episode from the last time you saw it? Um, a tiny bit. Um, back when, uh, they showed that scene where Misaki got a phone call and then, like, the Kogoro had to pick up the phone again, like, both times it hung up. Like, that's kind of what triggered my memory into thinking, like, oh, okay. I I, kind of remember what the whole stalker storyline was about and what the conclusion there was but um i wasn't too too clear on uh the rest of the rest of it like this guy and later on what happened to the to the person who we've yet to meet (laughs) yeah 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 so i think we're both on the same page there with what we remembered because i i have no clue how the uh upcoming murder shocker spoiler uh that happens like how that was all planned out 
So, Kana says that somebody dropped the breaker, and Misaki screams after a rebaria flowers are found on the table. Conan says this is in the song, and Ron remembers the lyrics. Kagura puts it together, and Masayo starts singing the song. Masayo says Misaki's being stalked, and Kana says he raised the breaker earlier. Kagura comes clean about his identity. Why Why even hide it if you're just gonna... At the first sign of danger, you're gonna go, You know what? I'm a detective. Like, why are you even hiding it? In the, he hid it. He hid his identity for like 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's not as if... Like, both uh, Kana and his wife knew who he was and like what was what would be the point of hiding it from the rest of the guests uh, yeah whatever like maybe they wouldn't like try to do their shit if uh they knew he was there like maybe it would actually be pre- prevented you know yeah i mean i guess like is are we supposed to think that kana suspects one of the guests of like, yeah, I, I guess so. now that we're so talking the only about people it, I'm that know about the party confused. I'm yeah. Well, I'm a little confused as to the setup. So they they have this party and they invite Kogoro in disguise, well, not in disguise, but like under a different name, and like they just think that the stalker is gonna try something, but well, he's, not he's been calling the them. <laughs> No, he think I think they believe he is among the guests because he mentioned there's only okay. four people that know about the party, and the stalker had referenced the party because, like in the notes, he he mentions the party there, and so yeah. this all started after the party was set, so it's all revolving around the party. They invite Kogoro to make sure okay. like his wife's safe. Big strong Kogoro is going to save the day. Yeah, the big strong Kogoro. Yeah, except Conan's the only one doing the work. Like he's quote unquote eavesdropping, but he's doing Kogoro's job. Kagero comes, yeah. So Kagero says, "Hey, I'm the detective." And Masaki says that she had locked the door. However, the lights turned off, and she got attacked from behind. Ron says she saw the face and says that he had his hood up and was emotionless, emotionless. And she says it looked like a foreigner's face. So then everybody looks at Anglade. And uh, he's asked where he was. And he says he's waiting for Tenma at the front door. But the lights turned off and it started to rain. So he came inside. Hideki was waiting there. Was and the then they had the call for image help. ever. Poor Anglade was like, getting rained on waiting for Tenma. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm laughing. He's just like a sad little it's, puppy dog. <laughs> It's a sad, he's the sad foreigner. And so he went inside, Hideki was there, and they heard the call for help, so they came together, arm in arm. Let's go help. And that's when a wet man then appears in the door's entryway, and it's Tenma. Ron says he looks like the culprit, quietly to, uh, just kind of hears her say that. And he's then introduced by Hideki. He says nobody was at the front door, and they decide to talk downstairs. And, uh, so... Ron, like, just closes so, the door while Conan's behind. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, so this part was, like, what is Ron talking about? Wasn't she the one who just said that the, um, the man that, he looked that like a foreigner? attacked Misaki looked like a foreigner? 
But isn't Tenma supposed to be Japanese? Yeah, but he's living in France, you know? <laughs> I don't know. So he he's clearly Japanese. Into... <laughs> he just yeah, adopts, it didn't really like, make much sense. Western features. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a distinct jawline. So... Yeah, okay. Let's go with that. So uh, they decide to talk downstairs, and Ron just closes the door as Conan stays put, and closes the door on Conan. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even blame, like, Conan for, like, staying behind here. Like, this is purely on Ron. She didn't even, like, check to see if he was with her. (laughs) Like, she walks in front of him, and then just closes the door, and he's just (laughs) standing there, like, what? I mean, Ron's uh, Mori Kogro is showing. Conan stays behind and he wonders who dropped the breaker and if there was more than one culprit. He searches the room and he finds a crumb of stone. He then spots marks on the balcony. So, seems like there's something to do with wires and then a piece of stone here, Colby. Yeah, I mean, we've watched enough of these episodes to know that those kinds of marks are wire it's it's just you know that there's some sort of like thing like things are being hoisted up in the air and there's this wire yeah nobody's supposed to see so that that was easy enough to follow along with kegura questions everybody's whereabouts hideki says he was in the washroom while masaya was in the kitchen checking in on the cake tenma says he had just gotten out of the taxi at the gate and was too busy getting rained on as he walked ten feet. Masaki then excuses herself and kind of follows her. Ron then notices that Conan's gone. She's like, oh. Kana asks his wife if she's okay, and she asks him to fetch her medicine from her room. He sits her down in the kitchen, and Conan is taking a look at the photos that were taken of Masaki. He then notices that there are books all over the floor, and, she sh- and says she must have fought hard. He then finds a photo of Masaki and Tenma together in a book. It's from 10 years ago and just half a month before she got married. So this is scandalous, Colleen. She knows uh, Jalal Tenma. (laughs) Yes, from the past. Was it shocking to you? Were you surprised? Well, I had remembered a lot of this case, (laughs) so I wasn't shocked. Were you shocked, Annie? Um, no. It was like a, oh, okay, that's right. This is part of the story kind of moment. Ron finds Conan and says he's going to get yelled at by Koguro. She then takes a look at the photo, and that's when Kana comes into his wife's room. And he just, he spots it, he takes it, and he runs off with it, never even bothering to get her medicine. Instead, this confrontation is the best medicine, and he goes up to Tenma. He says, what does this mean? What happened between you and Masaki back then? Kana says his brother knew about this and did this all on purpose. And then Masaki is like, Oh, his real name's Tenma Junior. Uh, Junior. At the time he was a musician, he had lost everything. But you disappeared one day ten years ago. Is that correct? I was surprised when I saw Jalal Tenma's name. Is there really a miracle like this, I thought? It has been a long time, Tenma. She's, like, openly being horny here in front of her husband. And also, she's like, it's a miracle. And, like, 
he just left you one day 10 years ago. Like, this is not like some great romance that was breaking apart. Dude ditched you. Yeah. Also, when she's like, I was surprised when I saw Jalal Tenma's name. Like, when was that? Like, when he got famous or when he was invited to this party? (laughs) Also, why would you assume it's the same guy? (laughs) Like, what's, I don't know, maybe it's like some Japanese thing where Jalal and uh, Junya has like more in common than I would think. But, like, Tenma's not that, like, rare of a name. You shouldn't just see that and be like, oh, that's definitely him. No, well, every time you say Tenma, I keep thinking of the series Monster, because I'm pretty sure the main character is called Tenma, so it's it's definitely not a rare name. Um, I don't know if, like... Sh- but, like... <sighs> yeah, so she's, like, harbored these feelings for this Tenma guy for all these years, and... I don't know. It, it's Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Kana is angry and unglad, then presents her with a homemade wine as a gift. They decide to taste it. Masaki tells everybody to cheer, and they toast. So, like, <laughs> this is so awkward. Like, this dude finds out his wife, like, had been married before, and all this shit. And, like, then they just give her wine, and she's like, oh, isn't this great? Let's toast. I know, like, what happened to all that tension before? And on top of it, I love that Kogoro, like, wait a minute, I have to taste it first. And I was like, what? what what's happening here? But I realized it's to protect tasting them. for poison. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's just, it's, I don't know, it, the, the actions, like, the series of events that unfold is just so random, but. I guess it makes sense, but it, I don't know. Watching it was a little disjointed at times. Yeah, it feels like they're missing like some connective tissue between like they go so rapidly from one event to another, where it's like this feels unnatural. <laughs> like everyone's okay now. Kind of thinks to himself, so she still has feelings for him. Kegger remarks how good the wine is, and then he accidentally bumps into Masaki which causes wine to spill on her dress. If I learned anything about Conan, it's that if something gets spilled on somebody, it's going to become the key like thing to solving the case later. So I was like, hmm. So oh, that, good that, on that you. Me yeah. Awfully suspicious. Yeah. Uh, she says it's okay and tells Masaya to bring the silverware from the basement for the cake. And she says, <laughs> I'll give you some special cake. Please wait a short while. That sounded, like, threatening to me. I was like, what kind of cake is this? Is there, like, a murder weapon inside the cake? Yeah. Or is this, like, the cake that we got, uh... Was it another Valentine's special? I can't even remember. That lady who, like, poisoned everybody, um, and then gave everybody the remedy, except for her, like, adopted son. Yeah, that was Sonica's debut episode. That's right. Good stuff. Tenma says that she wishes to. Tenma says that he wishes to change the lyrics slightly, and to pro- and he wants to produce the Nocturne of Red in a new arrangement. Masayo comes back and says a flower was in the front door. Ron recognizes it as a Daria, and Masayo says it means betrayal. Masaki comes back with the cake, and Kegura tells them not to bring up the flower. Masaki then asks Tenma to perform his song since he's here in person. And Kana leads him to the piano room, 
But instead, he accuses him of attacking Misaki. And uh, Jalal's like, I've got to prepare, so please leave me alone. My name is Jalal. <laughs> and uh, he says this. Oh, yeah, especially the my name is Jalal part. And they start to loudly argue, and he's like, please leave me alone. My name is Jalal. <laughs> uh, they hear Tenma scream in agony. So they all run up to the room, and Kana yells, no, it wasn't me. And then Unglod rushes inside. He finds a st- sword sticking out of Tenma's back, and he just yells, Jalal! Poor Unglod. That's how the episode ends. What Jalal! just happened? <laughs> What was Jalal! <laughs> Jalal! Don't Jalal! leave me, Jalal. I waited Jalal! for you outside in the rain. I caught a cold. It sounds like a sounds like a whale's mating call. Like a humpback <laughs> a whale. whale. It's like searching for its love 50,000 miles away, just going, Jalal! <laughs> well, it is a Valentine's episode. There's something so sad about that mating call. (laughs) And uh, so we get the next kind of tent. Wine. Which, hey, I I thought about that. Wine. What was the... Sorry to make you interrupt... Or repeat this, rather. What was the uh, hint for this episode? Sculpture. Oh, okay. Which feels less of a hint and more of a spoiler. Because <laughs> right. you never really see a sculpture unless you notice, you know? Yeah, okay. Wine, uh, wine's a decent hint for the next episode, I think. Yeah, sure. Kind of says, next episode is solving the case. And Ron says... Kyrin. And I looked this up. There's no such word. Maybe it's another French phrase that they forgot to split up properly or something. I don't know. And Conan just says, What was that? I would like to know that too, Conan. We're with you, Conan. So just, yeah, I have, I have no clue what that was. I tried Googling it. It was like, no, <laughs> nothing. Um, yeah. So uh, we do want to give some thanks to some patrons before we wrap up on this episode. I want to thank medium-sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and Big Chief Mason. Thank you all for making the show possible. We really appreciate it. Thank them too, Colleen, you ungrateful swine. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) can I speak now? Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for your support. Um... The fact that you like continue to listen every week, and yeah, it's just amazing. Um, like I, I never thought that I would be here and be able to talk to Conan. Um, sorry, that's not what I meant. Be able to t- talk about talk Conan. To Conan? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> no, I'm not making sense. Um, just be able to talk to Conan, talk about Conan, and uh, you know, um, just share the the love for this series. So. Thank you for making this possible. So, let's talk about our thoughts of episode 180, The Nocturne of Red Murderous Intent, part one. Colleen, what do you think about this first part? We had the introduction of Unglod and uh, 
So we yeah, had quite made quite a, a few. <laughs> you made on Glad more of a, few a star than uh, well, when I was watching the episode. He kind of like faded in the background for me, but he's definitely a star in this uh, uh, like plot overview. Or <laughs> uh, plot overview that goes longer than the actual episode. <laughs> um, I definitely think that this case benefits from ha- like if you watch it uh with the second part like straight through so because like this first part was a little like huh like what what's going on like i definitely think that it's much stronger with the second part but it's still well we're giving people the authentic experience colleen because this wasn't a one-hour special they had a week, wait a week between episodes. So we're also making you wait a week. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yes. Um, so this was a decent first part. Uh, I liked the venue. I liked the setup with Kogro being a guest, even though that didn't last too long after he, because he like reveals his true identity after like an hour of being at this party. Um, but I liked sort of the setup of okay. Like he has a client that comes over to the office and he brings him over to a different location. So it's nice to uh, mix that up a little bit because I don't think we've had a case like that in a while. Um, the backstory really interested me, like Misaki and Tenma having this, uh, you know, they're, they're old sweethearts and they were, I guess, like you said, they weren't broken up. It was just like Tenma left her for some reason and she's yeah we, i want to know why jalal left <laughs> junior why junior left um the whole stalker story uh, turned really fishy from the moment the wife got the phone call like we were t- discussing earlier uh like we had no assurance that there was anybody on the other line and like when kogro well who, phone, who was like, making the call the I, phone was ringing uh, How can I you mean, make there a phone are ways. ring? <laughs> no. How can you make a phone ring? Um, Wait, yeah, that that that's a fair question. You're laughing here, but how did it ring? Phone. It's 2000. Who had cell phones? They weren't the the people that have this huge mansion. Like they're not rich enough to have a cell phone. <laughs> that's right. These these people who built a mansion on top of a cliff. Like they have, not, they don't have enough money for a cell phone, obviously. And it's not like they're in any sort of business, particularly like the music industry. No, no need for cell phones here. Um. So yeah, it was it was fine. Um. <laughs> I mean, Tenma's appearance was kind of like um, anticlimactic because you know you get this build up from the beginning of the episode, like this famous composer ron knows him and he's got this uh song with all this symbolism in it and then he shows up and like i don't remember him saying as much as what you like what you said just now like i thought he had like one line but apparently he said a a few other things so i kind of felt bad for the voice actor whoever played him i was just like you didn't get much of a part here but uh, yeah, he shows up and he dies uh, rather quickly. So um, I guess that kind of leaves us on an exciting cliffhanger as to like, well, what happened to Jalal? 
also just because you brought up voice actors, and this has absolutely zero to do with this episode, but uh, I was writing about another anime for my job, and I was listening to the voice actors, the Japanese voice actors, and one was Wataru Takagi, and it all, mm. I always forget that the voice actor, like, they named the character after the voice actor in the anime, so it's just so funny seeing it his name. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just say he's of Detective Conan fame, because... that's where i know him from i love that just think there's so much takagi out there (laughs) there's like there's the live have you ever looked up have you looked up the man the real man why didn't they get him to play the guy what do you mean in the live action version, why didn't like? Oh, the I see. Oh, Wataru okay. Why didn't Takagi why didn't Wataru Takagi play Wataru Takagi uh, in the live action? Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Why would he not? He's <laughs> the wait. Wait, did he? Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so good. I need to. Let's see. Even when Takagi's not in the episode, we talk about him. He's going to show up in the next part, though. Does he? Okay. Way to get some <laughs> I mean, he's there, but there. he hardly oh. does anything. Sorry, yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, his typical role, you're saying? <laughs> Alright, his... so he played... T- no. Okay, I'm gonna it... reserve my T- comments for next week, because I have a lot to say the... about what they did with Takagi in the second part. So, Takagi is played by Yuichi uh, Tsuchiya in the... Uh... In the drama series, so sadly, not Wataru Takagi. Yeah. How unfair. Remember when I thought it was I... a coincidence? I was like, oh, look at that, they're both named Wataru Takagi. <laughs> How would it be a coincidence? <laughs> oh yeah, he voices I... Ginta too, I forgot. Jeez, what a talent. Does he? Oh my gosh, I'm I'm gonna have to listen harder next time. Oh my god, so remember when we said Ginta's voice actor in that live action thing and it was just so ridiculous? That was him. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> Do you remember that live action special that we, uh, like the, uh, like the behind the scenes one we did? Oh, that, like, that, oh yeah, okay. Short. Yeah, where then the kids like, go into, like, the the studio to see how yeah we see him we see yeah because we see ginta's voice actor do the voice and it was like terrifying that was takagi oh really so that's okay oh i'm gonna rewatch that because i didn't realize that was watcher takagi wouldn't it be even funnier if he didn't voice takagi (laughs) if they just used his name (laughs) they're like we just really like your name for this character can we use it Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Like, this is mind blowing to me. I didn't realize. Oh, here's a voices Genta and Takagi. Wow, I'm such a here's, bad. I, I just found a show. fun fact. This was this is on the Detective Kenner World Wiki in the trivia section. While recording for episode 66, Inspector Megary's voice actor ad libbed asking Detective A, so he didn't have a name at first. What's your name? To which Takagi's voice actor mistakenly responded with his own name and replied, It's Takagi. While this ad lib was not kept in for the air airing, the name stuck and it was used from from then on. So oh, he willed him, himself into the character. Yeah, that's funny. 
That's the best voice acting anime story ever. That is fantastic. Alright, so enough Takagi talk. Let's get back to my thoughts on this episode. <laughs> I, I thought it was okay. I liked, uh, I liked Jalal! And, uh, uh, Unglaude. So there's, uh, we had two interesting foreign characters that one wasn't really foreign. Um, <laughs> I was just about to say <laughs> It's kind of hard to talk about this just because I, I realized the, one of the twists, but it wasn't that I figured it out. It was just like, I remembered it. So I, it's like hard to judge that part. Um, but I, I definitely don't know anything about the core mystery of like how, uh, I don't, I don't even know if there is a mystery. Cause like, for all we know, Kana just killed him in the piano room. Um, <laughs> and then he just said, oh, I didn't do it. And like, obviously it's Conan. So there's going to be some convoluted thing that happened, but it certainly seems like he killed him. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in figuring out why he left a decade ago, why he left uh, Misaki. She seems cute enough. Why leave her? Um, I want to find out if uh, Kana is uh, having an affair with his apprentice. I guess I'm more interested in the hookups <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was so. um, like the, the backstory, sort of the interconnections between the characters. That was... I feel like maybe the stronger side to this episode. Um, and then maybe like the mystery will unravel more in the second part. So like I said, this I feel like this has to be watched together. But uh, since we are giving you the, <laughs> the authentic experience, we're going to do it one at a time. Well, plus we got some great Takagi talk. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's always a plus. I'm sure everyone loves to hear about Takagi some more. Well, if it means they get ten more minutes of the podcast, they're all for it. <laughs> oh, he also does the next Conan Santa announcer. Really? Every single one of them? This guy I is everywhere. So. <laughs> yeah, so. Shout out to him. He's like Thank as you, famous Tony. as Kape Yamaguchi. <laughs> and uh, I guess Conan's voice actress. Whose name escapes me at this moment. Like, the voice acting is... Like, since we were talking about voice acting, I feel like it's very strong in this series for the main characters. Like, Kogoro's voice actor is fantastic, too. That some At some point, uh, he gets a... Uh... Uh, he passes away, so we'll get a different Kogoro. Oh no. <laughs> I'm so sad to hear that. Oh, uh, did you not know? No. Oh, okay. That that kind of... Oh, that sucks. I, I hope that it's like... The voice uh, stays relatively the same. It, he doesn't... We, we get until 548 episodes, so... Changes that episode 553. So we got a bit. Oh, good. We got plenty of classic Kogoro to enjoy. Oh, I'm so sad now. Okay. Oh, wait. Did he die or did he just retire? <laughs> <laughs> wait. 
<laughs> Wait a second, let me fact check this. Okay, he's still alive. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, when he quits doing the voice of Kogro, he's practically dead to me, you know? <laughs> yeah, regardless, he leaves the show. <laughs> I was so certain he was dead. <laughs> You're like, well, why else would he stop voicing Code Girl? Like, that's the best gig ever. Exactly. Exactly. And he wasn't he wasn't even that old then. Come on, man. That's kind of rude. Like, like are you on his, uh, I guess, profile page or, like, on his filmography? I wonder what he left to do. Like, if he took on some bigger, fam- more famous character role. Let's see here. So he left a... Well, he, he apparently retired from 548. So he left... 2009. This bastard... <laughs> has, uh... Has done some voice working since then. Just saying. His retirement was this has progressed from... I'm so sad that this person passed away to... This bastard <laughs> left. I like, uh... I also like how <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you didn't, you didn't know he died." I, this fake fan over here, and then it turned into, "Oh, he's still alive." Uh, he also does the films until the Raven Chaser. So, oh my goodness. See, he should have taken the example from Conan's voice actor, because she's been doing it for however long this show has been running, since 1996. Oh my goodness. So, in the he did the dub for the motion picture film Glory, where he played Matthew Broderick's character. Can you imagine his voice coming out of Matthew Broderick? No, I can't. Uh, he also Especially does, if it's uh, Kogoro's voice. <laughs> he also does Iago in uh, Aladdin. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I could see that. Oh my god, right. I'm just thinking of oh my god. pre-voicing he does, Kogoro. He does, <laughs> he does Pierce Brosnan in uh, Tomorrow Never Does. So imagine Kogoro <laughs> being James Bond. Alright, that's enough voice actor talk. We've stalled enough. Uh, so, to recap, uh, he's still alive. He just left the show. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> but he left us, so he's dead to us on the inside. But, but in all honesty, we're glad you're alive. Yeah, we did. We we are. You were Hopefully so sad, you're, too, you're when, well. I was, <laughs> when I said he died. <laughs> you were like, oh, no! And, <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad confident. he's still al- alive. <laughs> but why'd you leave us? <laughs> why? why? Were they not paying you enough? Oh, uh, well, he left the whole industry. Well, maybe it was the whole industry wasn't paying him enough. Hmm. See, I, okay, I prefer that. Like, I prefer him retiring altogether from show business than him just leaving the show for another role. I don't know. There's something. Yeah. Like, it, it would be just back, really so. off to me. Oh, di- yeah, it came back. Okay. Kagura's dead to me. All right. So, <laughs> that'll do it. 
We'll, uh, we'll be back next week with the thrilling conclusion. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. And remember, when truth always prevails. Jalo! <laughs>